This episode was brought to you by the Social Fishing Membership, Australia's fastest growing freshwater platform, giving you the resources to catch more fish. Welcome to the Social Fishing Podcast. My name is Reese Creed. I'm a passionate angler and I want to share as much as I can about the sport we all love. On this podcast, we speak to incredible anglers, sharing a wealth of priceless knowledge, all to help you reach your fishing dreams. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's begin. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Social Fishing Podcast. This is episode 62, and in this one, I'm actually sitting down and interviewing and chatting with the very first member, SF member that I've had on the podcast, and I'm chatting with Tyson Zaru. Now, Tyson, I've actually, he joined the membership a couple of years ago or when it very first started, and he's been fishing for, well, saltwater fish, but freshwater fish his entire life, but he's really taken a massive leap into the big fish in the lakes and the dams scene over the last three years. So, we talk about how he sort of got into it, why he got into it, how he transitioned from other things in his life that he used to do, how he started with his fishing, and then how his journey has been within within the last three years. Within the last three years, he's done two big seasons or yeah, two sea solid season, winter seasons, chasing big cod, coming into his third one now, and he is a very accomplished angler in a very short two years. So from not having caught an impoundment fish to the amount that he has caught now is incredible. So I thought it'd be a good time and a good chat um, to get Tyson on for an episode of the podcast and have a talk about how he got to where he is today, the journey, the stories. He's got some really good stories and just have a bit of a chat about all things fishing really. We talk about urban cod, so Tyson is based in the Canberra region. Uh, we talk about cod fishing urban lakes, how he fishes it, how he finds fish in those scenarios and situations. We talk about his favorite styles of fishing, some of the other local places that he fishes like um, Wyangla and also Burrenjuk Dam. We talk a little bit about, and this follows on from our previous episode with Shane, uh, we talk about the Bobby Dazzler surface lure that's doing the rounds. Tyson was one of the lucky anglers to get his hands on it, and we talk about his experience taking that into some gorge country and the incredible fish that he caught on that lure and we talk a little bit about more about that trip that he did into the gorge country and we finish off with a little bit of a chat about live technology and Tyson's opinion how he uses it in his fishing and his thoughts about it. Now, before we jump into this episode, I want to mention a couple of quick things. First of all, we have a members live Q&A coming up this Thursday, the 24th of March, and I'm going to be joined by Tyson. And I thought it was a really good idea to have that following on from this podcast episode, because if you guys have questions for Tyson, you can ask them on Thursday night. Now, it is available for members only, but you can become a member easily by heading to our website, socialfishing.com.au and join the membership or I will leave a link around here somewhere either in the description below whether you're listening to this on a podcast app or on our website. But if you're ever wondering or you ever think about it again, it's socialfishing.com.au. Jump on and find the membership link. Now, you will get access to this members Q&A live, but don't worry if you're busy on Thursday. You should still join up because you can get access to the replay and all the previous replays as well. We've had on some incredible guests um, over the last two years and all of those replays are available available there for you to listen to or watch at your leisure whenever you want. Plus, there's access to 
stacks of other content in the membership which you can learn about if you jump on socialfishing.com.au. Things like our SF maps, which is what something what's something that Tyson touches on here, and it was one of a massive big aid into him learning and finding out where to go in new places. So he references how that helped him a lot. Uh, we've also got our monthly reports. We've got stacks of videos and stacks of content inside the membership. So there's plenty in there to be excited about, guys. So jump on and check it out, especially if you want to shoot through questions for Tyson on this coming Thursday. So remember, if you're a member, book it in on your calendar, the 24th of March, 2022. We are going live with Tyson. So as you listen along in this episode, we chat for about an hour or so. If you have any thoughts on any questions you'd like to ask him, take a note of it, write it down and shoot them through for us Thursday night. Righto, guys, that is it from me. Remember, as always, if you enjoy the podcast, leave a rating and a review and screenshot the app you're listening to this on, put it on your stories on Instagram and Facebook and tag both myself and Tyson and let us know what your favorite part of the episode was. So without further ado, let's jump in and chat with the one, the only... Tyson Zaru. Welcome back to the episode, guys. I've got Tyson with me. Tyson, mate, thanks for joining me. I'm keen for a chat. Awesome, mate. Yeah, no, thanks for having us on, Reese. Um, yeah, pretty keen to do this, actually. So, you've listened to a few of them. I, I know that you've listened to a few. Do you, if you've got a favorite, actually, before we jump in, I want to talk about a fair few different things. Yeah, and it's good true. to have you on because... Um, I've had a fair bit to do with you from a from a different angle to a lot of other anglers, but t- have you got a favourite app that you can think of from the podcast that you really like? Um, yeah, actually, good. Um, I've, de- I've definitely listened to all of them, probably a couple times actually. Um, I re- I'd have to say I reckon the Clint Clint Hansel one. Yeah, the knowledge. Yeah, the yeah. I just think that was a that was an awesome episode. And it's really, and that, really got you thinking, I suppose, like, yeah, the way you fish it and all that. So, and it's, yeah, it's helped me heaps. So, that one was back well and truly before everyone sort of had live tech. Yeah, like, was, Garmin yeah, yeah. was already out, but, you know, yeah. you had like 5% of people using it. So, that was way back when it was all knowledge-based on fishing and it was correct, like next correct, level, yeah. wasn't it? Like, the it way was, you think in depth. Yeah, it was. It's just, yeah, it's just the ways you never thought, like, I never thought of ways to fish like that, but yeah, it's, um... Was a that was a really interesting episode. Mm, that's interesting because I get a lot of um, a lot of comments about that one as well. So that was that was a good app, and I'm I'm not surprised that you said it. Yeah. So, mate, give us a little bit of a background on your fishing journey, how it all started for people who might not know you, who you are. Um, yeah, go for go for your life, mate. Share, yeah, share right. your yeah. story. I suppose yeah, I've always definitely since a kid I've been um, fishing. I didn't always start with I suppose like the um, the freshwater, I was always, we were sort of always down the coast for family holidays and all that. So it's sort of just, yeah, naturally I grabbed a rod and with you, I always used to go with the, um, old man and the grandpa, um, yeah. you know, would go out, you know, yeah, just sink some, um, bait around and all that. But, um, yeah, it was, that's sort of where it started. And, um, so where you, where are you from? Where were you? I mean, I'm in Canberra. And you're born and bred Canberra? Born in Canberra. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you just did your trips to the coast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Didn't fish fresh as a kid. No, not really. I, I don't. Yeah, I I don't really remember getting into sort of the yeah, oh, the cod till I was probably yeah early sort of sort of I would say mid late primary school. Righto. Um, and then yeah, once sort of that, I got my first one. It sort of really yeah, it's sparked from there, and I sort of yeah went pretty insane for a while there. So how'd you catch your first one? Um, 
I still actually, I still, it? yeah, I do remember it because just down from my, um, the old man when he had the shop in Tugwood, in Canberra, um, there was a fit local fishing, just a fishing shop. And I used to just go down there and just, you know, walk around and, you know, buy the odd lure and all that. And, um, he gave me a, it was a little, oh, it would have been a little yabby imitation to sort of a little shallow diver. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, my mum dropped me and my mate off at, I oh, just one of the local, um, this is the crossings there on the Murrumbidgee and we used to just track for hours and just get picked up, you know, four or five hours later. Yeah. And yeah, I remember, yeah, I caught the, my first one, that, that Arvo and it wasn't big, I'd say 30, 35 centimetres, but there was just that first one on Lua and I was just, yeah, I was, I was definitely hooked from there. How good is it? Even if oh. it's small. And do you think you go back to those memories? I go back to those little memories or memories where you had the whole day on the water and some of them actually stick in your head more than like the fish you catch today. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Definitely. Like all, all those, yeah. Like all those memories I got of those first couple, I just, I, I remember them like still to this day. And I would have been, oh, I would have been maybe 12, 11, 12, I'd say. So it was, yeah, it was a long time ago. And they mean a lot too back then. Like you can remember how excited you were yeah. over that fish, even if it was so insignificant in yeah. size. <laughs> it, it is, mate. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome memories. That's cool. So then what did it, so you fished a whole heap. Did you fish a whole heap through from then on? Yeah, I, I was just thinking, yeah, from that day, I think like we we had a sort of a group of a few of my mates and we he, he actually worked at that fishing shop and um, I from I think it was from, yeah, probably I'd say the end of primary school through all through high school, it was, it was a pretty full on addiction. Like we would pack our, you know, school stuff and we'd, we'd take our rods to work until it was like school nearly every day, I'd say. Yeah. And um, we'd catch the bus to the, you know, just to the closest sort of crossing crossing we could find and we just we just walked and just i think we, we would have done that for literally years and I, you know i, I had my I, I could come home every hour i'd write in my journal i'd write down what lure i caught it on like i only found the actual the diary the other day and i was looking through Did this. yeah it was, it was it was it's pretty cool to see do you know from what how many years do you reckon if you just found it the other day from looking over it do you know how many years you did it for roughly i reckon yeah it would have been all through high school so it would have been a good solid for you, sort of, say, I'd say four to five years. Yeah. And it was yep. like, and it was a, that was a lot of fishing. Like, I just, yeah, that's all we did. Yeah. Actually, guys, look- yeah, it was actually it was pretty funny, actually, that story about that. When we took our rods to school, um, we, at our school, at our high school, we had a, a little pond that sort of backed right onto it. Yeah. And the janitor used to always sort of see us walking around with our rods and all that. And he's like, and he come over and actually saw us and goes, I did stock this with natives like, you know, when we first started the school. And um, so, yeah, we took some, I remember we had some little spinner baits and went down there and we started catching some like cracking yellows in there. Really? Yeah. like I'm talking Even like, like a school pond. And this thing would have been I'd maybe 10 meters wide and it sort of wrapped around the school and wrapped for maybe like 150 meters. Wow. And there was some proper, like they were like, like a, a football. They were like, you know, a good 50s. How good. And yeah, then like sort of once we that sort of happened, we, um, yeah, we sort of, you know, we were fishing during school time. Like we were, yeah, we were just, <laughs> we were out of control. <laughs> That's but, um, crazy. Yeah, what a way to grow up. Yeah, it is, it is. And then sort of, it ended up getting that bad, like me and my mates would try, we found a few real good fish that we lost and, and I, we were in the same classes and he would always, I remember, I still remember he would go to the teacher, oh, I need to go to the toilet. And I'd see him walk out and you would see him grab his rod and I'd see him run down to the pond. 
You're kidding. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll do the same and it ended up getting pretty bad. We had the teachers end up making us lock the um, our rods up in the principal's office and we had to go um, after school and pick them up. That's funny as... So, so, that is cool. Can, can we get back to that because that's sick, the whole story. So, you got a 10-meter wide, 150-meter long pond yeah, thing. Just, it was just a and, weedy pond, yeah. And you didn't fish it before the janitor no, told never, you to fish it, even, it or you did? Never, yeah, yeah. So we sort of, before like the janitor told us, we sort of never chucked a lure in there. Then once we sort of, yeah, we sort of worked it out. There was, yeah, we would have caught oh, an easier dozen and they were, they were really good perch. That's so good. Were they, did you catch them easily or they took like you wouldn't get, like would you be lucky to get one a week like in your quick yeah, afternoon I, sessions or did you get them every session? No, say, yeah, I don't think it was because we fished it a lot. We didn't, like, we could, there was a few redfin there too, actually. But um, I'd say, yeah, it was, it was probably once a week we would, we would get them. Yeah. But it would, we, would, we would be trying sort of every morning before we sort of had to lock our rods away. We would go try for half an hour and then, yeah. um, and all that. And then we'd even go down on weekends and all that. And just, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> that is cool. And I bet those memories still stick with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so strong too. It is. Yeah. I still, I, I still got all my photos printed off and all that. I see, yeah, with my old little digital camera and all that. So. Yeah. Remember <laughs> the days? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. We oh. used to have a little digital camera and just you have to go and be a printer, print them all off and all that. So. Yeah. 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 No, that, that is so cool. Like, Wonder if you, I could get. It'd be so good to get stories like that from everyone. But that'd be up there as one of the coolest, you know, early day fishing stories. Almost yeah, unique. That's really that is, cool. Yeah, was, yeah, that sticks. Yeah, that was um, it was a pretty cool times actually. That's like I said, we just that's all we did. Me and a few of my mates, like it just it was yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty out of control. So did you write that stuff in? It was that were those trips in the diary? Um, I, I don't think I wrote them ones down. I think it was more on the rivers because I think we just. Sort of Big trying, would, yeah, we're trying to just sort of, um, I, I don't know, sort of get a bit of uh, trying to work them out sort of thing. So we'd literally write everything down, every color little we caught it on. And yeah, it always seemed to be in my, you know, the black and sort of purple spin baits were the ones to go. We sort of always caught them on and all that. So yeah, but um, that's cool. Yeah, it was, it was I actually when I because I just moved house, so I found the diary and I was just looking through it. It was just, it was, yeah, it was pretty awesome. Never caught, we never caught, looking back, we never caught anything massive like. 70s might have pulled us up, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't think it mattered to us back then. We sort of just, if we caught fish, we were just so happy. Yeah, I agree. I reckon 70s pulled us up when we were younger too, and 70 was huge. I yeah, remember yeah. catching a 70 with a mate. I think we got a 70, uh, a 70 and a 74 on the same session, which was epic. And they were like massive, and we were yeah. like full struggling to hold them. Yeah, and yeah. when you look at back at the photos, you're like, look at the photo, it looks like a meter cod laying across your, your yeah. flap. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty. Um, there's this, yeah, those going back to those days is, yeah, you think about it, it's just that's definitely where it definitely sparked from. So, so how, so all right, so you finished school and then, like, do you, if, if you don't mind, how old are you now? I'm 33 now. 33, so you've got another 15 years plus. What, what have you done for those 15 yeah. years? How did your fishing style grow and evolve and change? Because I know the way you're fishing the last few years, obviously, with the way we chase big cod in the dams, is something you weren't doing five years ago. Or definitely, years yeah, no, ago. definitely, definitely. So, how did that evolve over 15, the last 15 yeah, years? Yeah, I suppose, yeah, after high school, um, I don't know if, yeah, I just, um, actually, the old, the um, old folk, yeah, the folks. Um, they bought a property down in the Snowy Mountains, um, and I sort of yeah we sort of started spending a lot of weekends down there. So I sort of I didn't stop fishing, but I sort of you know was down the down the farm a fair bit. And then um, 
I ended up sort of meeting up with a few other blokes and they were really into their pig hunting with their dogs and all that. So, sort yep. of, yeah, fishing sort of took a bit of a back seat for a while. And, um, yeah, sort when's of, that early 20s? Yeah, I'd say, yeah, I'd say, I'd say, yeah, yeah early 20s, definitely. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, we still fished. I still would have, in summer, I still would have fished once a week, sort of down in the river and, you know, just chuck top water around. And we still, yeah, we still caught heaps of cod. But, um, yeah, definitely took a back seat for a while while I was um, hunting. Yep. And, um, yeah, and sort of that, was, that would have been a good oh, seven or eight years at least. Yeah, right. Okay. So, so fishing slowed down for a bit. It did, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I still, we, like, because the boys still love their fishing, we still, you know, we still got out once a week on the, just went for walking on the river and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I never, I really never got into the impoundments until I'd say, yeah, this is, well, this be my, I'd say my, this be my third winter now. Oh, okay. So it was just, it was hunting and just hanging out with the mates and doing some river trips. Yeah, and was it yeah. real serious? Were you serious about it or it was just nah. kind of more of a casual nah, more of a, thing? And... Nah, yeah. It'll be a bit more of a fun thing. We sort of chucked a backpack on, you know, we would go for, you know, three or four hours sort of thing. And, um, generally we still got a couple of fish, which was good. So, yeah. And then, so you weren't somewhere like it wasn't back then the, where you do your big trips away. Like nah, definitely, every definitely couple not. of months or during the prime time. Yeah, okay. No, nah, because I sort of yeah. Yeah, keep going. <coughs> so I was just saying, um, yeah, because when I was hunting, sort of, we did a few of our, you know, my big trips were up in the Gulf, sort of um, up Cape York hunting and all that. So right. that's sort of that's sort of where my big trips I sort of saved for. For hunting, yeah. For hunting, yeah, yeah, and then. Um, yeah, just yeah, like I suppose having I had oh, so many dogs and it just as if it's full on. It's so much effort just to have these keep dogs going. So, do you think? Do you think for people listening that hunt and fish, or I know a lot of people who do one or the other or try and mix both. Do you think it's very hard to sustain both? Yeah. And like, yeah. if you really want to be dedicated at catching big cod, you can't really be dedicated at let's say deer hunting or doing what you were doing with the pigs yeah. and the dogs. It's, it's yeah. really hard. Hundred percent. That's sort of where I sort of went back to the fishing because I wasn't hunting enough and the dogs were just sitting at home. And so yeah, it's, it's it is hard, and especially with I had like two kids then, so I um it was yeah it was a lot of time away from home. So I sort of we sort of had to I sort of had to pick and choose, and yeah, so I sort of yeah fell back to the fishing. Righto, yeah, and and you're glad it's gone that way, like yeah, you're not yeah, yeah. thinking, oh, I wish I was still hunting. And no, I, de- I definitely enjoy. It. I, yeah, I just once I got back into like serious fishing, I just yeah I was like yeah this is this is what I grew up doing, and I just yeah just brought all those awesome memories back. Yeah, cool. So your transition didn't come from a, oh, you went on a trip with a mate, oh, that was good, let's start fishing, oh, I'm not hunting as much, let's swap. It was more of a, it was more of a, I'm actually not hunting. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, yeah. get back into the fishing. What, like, I want to know at what point, so three years ago, what made you go or what made you jump back into the fishing and then how you jumped back into it? Did you go straight into a boat and, like, how did that transition happen and how did you learn about fishing the dams as well? Because that's yeah, a pretty it is, good task. It is, it is, yeah. I'll, um, I reckon what really uh, sort of triggered is that I sort of I built a house out in Gugong, which is you know it's on my house is you know a stone's throw from the Gugong Dam. So um, I remember me and my brother we had a we had a like a dual hobie, so we we just took that out one other and um, we're throwing the jackal oh, the little jackal chibs around off the rock wall. Yeah. And I think within the first half an hour, Kyle got a yeah I think it was like a mid nineties cod and. Just seeing the size of the, how healthy they were in there, I'm just like, dude, this is, this is awesome. That's sick. 
Yeah, so I, I think after we got back, we, we literally both got on the, you know, the internet looking, and, and we bought a boat. I think it was two weeks later. No way! Yeah. Crazy, yeah, that's how fun. Yeah, that's like that's how quick it was. We sort of like like we need a boat. Like this is yeah, this is this is sick. So was that the point where you'd already thought I'm going to start getting back into my fishing a little yeah, bit? So that's yeah, why definitely. you went in the yak and yeah. Dad, dad, you sold your dogs at that point, or yeah, I guess yeah. My mates, I just yeah, my few of my mates. I'm like, you can have me dogs. I said, I'm going fish. I'm going yeah. fishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so when was that? Do you remember when that was? Yeah, that would have been. I know it was in December, it would have been 20, 2019, I'd say. 2028, yeah. 2019, so, it, would have been, it would have been, yeah, a few years ago. Yeah, it was definitely, I've got the photo actually, I'll have a look. How many, so you've done, how many this, winters have you done on the car? I've done two, so this will be my third one coming up. So the third one, this is 2022, so you've done 20 and 21, that sounds about right. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah it would have been, it would have been, yeah, definitely um, December 2019. So is that the first COD that you guys had seen come out of Google? It was, like, yeah, yeah, it was, yep, yep, definitely. Right. Um, so then you've gone from kayak to boat. So is it the st- same boat you've got now? Nah, not. Nah. So I um I just bought yeah we just found like a little it was a three seventy five. It was just yeah yep. really small and it was just a bare hull. So I sort of like I decked it all out with the timber and um, went aboard a sounder and I went aboard yeah I think it was a HDS seven. Yep. And sort of, I said, yeah, like I said, I had, I never read a sound. I've never used, used a sounder before, so I sort of did yeah, just jump straight in the deep end. And um, yeah. luckily, I sort of, um, you know, I always watched, um, you know, Roman's videos from out of Google, and I, I just, I randomly hit him up to ask if he could show me how to, um, to sort of set it up and use it. And he was, he was awesome. He's like, I, I never met him, and he, he's like, yeah, we'll go for a fish. So you know, I went out with him. He, you know, showed me how to use the side scan, and yeah. Um, you know, straight away we I caught fish. We caught heaps of yellows at Arvo, and like it was, yeah, it was. It just kept, yeah, yeah that was, yeah, getting so much more keen. So it made a massive difference having yeah. some sort of prior knowledge, and obviously learning exactly straight from someone who knows what they're doing in person. Yeah, exactly. As, hard, as yeah, good as it gets, but yeah, that yeah, yeah, saved a stack of time. Yeah, hundred oh, percent. That yeah, it helped a lot. And then I suppose yeah, going coming in that was summer, and then we just we literally fished every weekend friday saturday sunday like we just went you know we sort of really dedicated that first i'd say six months to try to work them out sort of thing from summer right through till close season yeah 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 yeah. i'd say yeah yeah so like we yeah we spent like a yeah ridiculous amount of hours in the boat yeah that was 2020 that was 2020 yep yep just trying to think what type what year it was really like everything was really low i remember the first trip we did to burren junk was um it was about thirty percent, I think it was. So it was, yeah, it was really low. That twenty twenty year was stinking hot that summer. Yeah, yeah it was in the fires. Jack was low. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Was, I, I remember it was over the fires. It was um yeah because we were fishing and it was yeah a lot of. I remember in summer yeah it was just you couldn't see anything. It was smoke all through here everywhere. Yeah, and then the winter. What was the winter? I'm just trying to think. That was was that COVID. I think it was a start, yeah, because... Yeah, May, Yeah, March. it was. It definitely So, you was. would have missed out on April and May completely because yep. we were yep. in lockdown. That's right, because I think we did... We did, we planned, because it was a Canberra long weekend on the March, so we planned with a few boys, so we went down to Wyangla first, like, sort of real good run on the boat. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think after that weekend after that is when, yeah, it, start, all that, um, it all started. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've jammed a hell of a lot into two years, mate. I'll yeah, give you that. mate. It's yeah, it's 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 pretty ridiculous. 
A lot. Like, I'm just thinking back at what I've done in those two years and tell you what, from what I've been watching, you've had a you've had a good run. Yeah. You've, you've been going hard at it though, haven't you? Yeah, like I said, yeah, we, um, like, yeah, both winters we sort of, yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy how many, how much we fished. Like, you know, we would fish before work and we'd, we would probably do, I'd say, oh, at least three to four days a week sort of thing. Yeah. So, tell us about the learning curve for someone getting into it because you've learnt very quickly and from like I thought it was I thought you'd been doing this stuff earlier than that so say the very start of like the December 2019 so the start of 2020 we're now at the start of 2022 so it's like two and a half years of serious getting back into the cod fishing like you knew how to you knew how to catch cod in the river you knew how to cast like so you'd already skipped that part of you know how to strike and fight a fish and understand cod and that but it's more that next level chasing what bigger fish and yeah fish yep how did you run us through the learning process? How did that work? Yeah, Obviously, was, Roman helped with the sounders. Roman would have helped with the fishing as well. Yeah, he definitely did. He was yeah, he was um he helped out heaps with that. Um, I suppose yeah, we just like we were just just literally try to learn as much as we could. I said I would go home every other. I'd be watching videos. I'd be watching you know like for example watching the um the videos you put up and um I just was trying to just just be a massive sponge and just learn as much as I could sort of thing from you know from everyone. Yeah. Um, but then I suppose, yeah, we did learn a lot on the water as well. Just, um, you know, we, we got, a, we had a lot of like fishless trips, like ridiculous amounts. Um, it didn't really, I thought it didn't really click until I'd say mid winter either. Like we sort of, we dropped a few good fish and, um, I think, yeah, the, the one I caught my first big one and, um, it's sort of, yeah, it started, it started to sort of flow from there. Was it the one that... Did you get a mid nineties one at Bar and Jack? Yeah, I did. Yeah, plastic was that your first good yeah, one? That was my first good one. Yeah, yeah, that was my first good one on the um, out of Bar and Jack. Yeah. Yes, that was that summer with the fires. The game was correct. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I remember seeing that fish. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Was that a mid nineties fish? Yeah, that was mid nineties. Yeah, he was mid nineties, and um, I mean, it was yeah, cool. I just had you know the old side scan going. I I seen him sort of just work in the bottom, and I didn't know. I, I didn't even know where he was. I just chucked it back off this point and. Um, yeah, I think mid retrieve, he sort of, yeah, he crunched it. That's cool. Yeah, it That's was pretty, cool. yeah, just, just sort of just remember the, the exact moment. It's just, yeah, it's, I see, I still, actually, I think I still remember most of the fish. Like, they're all, yeah, I, I, yeah they're so awesome. So, what I, bring me to the next question. What is your favorite, now that you've done all of what you've done and how you started, how you've grown up, what you're doing now, what is your favorite style of fishing um, I've got another question. We're going to talk about some of the places you fish and your favorite place to fish. But what's your favorite yeah. way or style or type? And I know you've probably got a heap more to explore. Yeah. You've been exploring a bit more of lakes. I know you just did that trip um, chasing sort of gorge fish. Yeah, but yep. what's your favorite style of fishing? Um, it's hard, I, eh? Yeah, it is. It is because I just like I just I just love like I don't care what sort of fishing I'm doing. If I'm sort of fishing, I'm I'm pretty happy. So, but uh, I I. I only going back to like I, I I definitely love getting back on the rivers and just just walking and you know just going to new spots. Um, it's sort of yeah, that's really hard to beat. Still, I reckon. Do the rivers? Is it about for you? Is it just the out there and catching any size fish, or you still like that thrill of trying to catch a big fish from a river? I think yeah, well, yeah. It's only been recently like I've just I've really. I'd say in the last year, I've really tried to target those bigger river fish. I, you know, before I would be happy just to go down and catch a couple, but um, I really, yeah, I said like they started this year. I said I really want to try and, you know, get that, 
get that proper one off the top on um yeah in the river and yeah so I got that's happened twice so far so this year. Yeah, so. tell us yes. about the first one. Yeah, so yeah, just like it was just a random like I think it was a, yeah before work again. Um, I just yeah I was like oh, I'm gonna go for a quick fish like I didn't have any yeah I just go to the same spot I go most you know like where I've grown up sort of you know walking for, for since I was a kid sort of thing and I've caught a few like good fish in I'd say your early to mid nineties. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just walked down and it was, yeah, it was still pretty dark and I was like, I'll just have a few, you know, a few flicks around till daylight. And I think it was a second cast. He, um, That's and it he, he just, it, it imploded and I just seen this massive hole sort of where he took it. And I was like, this is a good fish. That's and, um, sick. It just, yeah, it's, it's uh, usually, I, I don't usually fish by myself. I'm usually with someone, but, um, yeah, this, that morning I was sort of by myself, but as, um, yeah, it was, that was, yeah, that was special. That one. Do you know how big it was? Yeah, that was that was one oh four. Yeah, nice. And it was yeah, I just yeah, once I got that I was just, I was pretty satisfied. I just I didn't even fish again. I just remember sitting on that rock and just watch the sunrise. It was um Yeah that That's was, good. Yeah, that was it was, it was pretty special because I you know I've, I said I fished the river for you know since I was a kid, so that to get something like that, you know, at the local was um was um yeah, that was that was special. That's a good way to be. I actually like like you said there about sitting and just watching the sun come up because I reckon it's something, and it's not for everyone, but it's something I'd love, love to do more is sort of sit back and enjoy stuff. And I'm someone who, when you catch a fish that's a special moment, I yep. actually just sit there and soak it up for a bit. Yeah. And yep, yeah. I know a lot of other people get up and they're like, bang, straight into a cast, like the fish is in, release, gone, straight cool. up casting. And I'm like, just give it a couple of seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Which, good, but everyone's different. Yeah, it's, yeah, I suppose it's, it's, I suppose, yeah, it's a bit different because like when we're in the uh, empowerments now, sort of like if we're fishing that prime time, if we catch one, we're sort of a photo and we're, you know, we're straight back into it because we know we don't have long. So yeah, I think, I suppose it's a bit different. I sort of, yeah, just take it in sort of a bit different. Like, you know, I'll walk in the banks, you just, you know, chill out a bit more. You know, I go for a walk, take photos of random things. Like it's, yeah, it's not so much just about the fishing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you get one fish like that, and you know how hard they are to catch. Yeah, you guess you could catch a second one in that short window, but if if you you know if you take take your time and just enjoy the moment, I reckon it sometimes makes it feel better than yeah. trying to smash out another twenty casts in the next ten minutes or whatever it is yeah, um, before that sun comes up. But. Definitely, definitely. Yes. Um. So, can you just tell us a little bit about? I think we've touched on it with a couple of other podcast guests. Just a little bit, and more so that the urban stuff. Um, yep. I know Canberra is pretty populated place, but there's a couple of urban lakes in Canberra, but how do you, can you just run us through like how you sort of fish for shallow water sort of cod? What's your kind of approach for people yeah, fishing yeah. sort of those urban lakes, whether they're from the bank or in a boat. And I know there's a lot of those lakes in a lot of towns. Like I know Wagga's got a small lake. that's sort of that flat shallow lake and lots of little towns have them. Canberra's got three main ones. Is it? Yeah. I'd say, yeah, three. You got, yeah, Burley Griffin, um, Jindera, and then you got Tuggerong, which is the one I sort of fish a fair bit, just because it's so close to work. Like it's, I could be on the water in you know two minutes for, sort of from work. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's 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 hard to sort of get your head around sort of fishing that sort of because there's not much. There's you know it's it's a big flat. It's not deep. It's one deep hole in it, and but the rest of it's you know your three to four meters, I'd say, sort of um, depth. Yeah, and there's there's no you know there's no really any prominent sort of spots you sort of go and go oh there's going to be a fish there sort of thing. So can um, you work them out? Like, have you been able to yeah. work out a pattern on them? Like, definitely, yeah. Food, De- food related. It, yeah, it definitely. I think it is. Um, there's a lot of carp in there, like a lot of carp. Like it's, but they stupid. 
Yeah, it is. But we sort of sort of seem to find like when we when we catch the cod, we'll catch them in the same area for I'd say a few weeks. Um, yeah. And you do notice there is a there is a lot of carp around in that sort of that one area, and like they'll always sort of move. They like, yeah. So when we catch one, we always catch you know three or four in you know maybe in a few weeks in the exact same area. Yeah. Um, but we sort of always sort of look for us. We we we, de- we just sort of get right up on that bank in the you know we were sort of fishing a meter to two and a half meters and um, a lot of there's a lot of weed against the edge. So we sort of just you know you can flutter the lures over the sort of just over the um, the weed edge. Um, yeah. You, so the weed they use the weed as structure. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. That is their structure. So we um yeah you just sort of work off that and you just see them filtering through sort of all the t- you know that prime time so the early morning you um yeah you generally see a few filtering through that weed and off the edges off the points yeah but um it's yeah it's sort of hard to sort of you know to work out how to where to find them because it's not much there's not much of sort of terms of structure so it's kind of like yeah that's what i mean if you're fishing any kind of pond water it's it it can be a bit of a challenge like where do you start it's yeah it's difficult. That's, yeah, it's, it's took, definitely took us like we've probably fished. I'd say it for the, the urban lakes. I'd say for probably for four months before we sort of started really working them out. Um, we got the odd one sort of just because we saw it on the um, on the sonar. But yeah, once we sort of worked it out, we sort of yeah we fished it so much different. Fished really tight to the edges, like like most of the fish would wouldn't be more than five to ten meters off the edge, sort of thing. Yeah, and then if you compare that to Burley Griffin, it's completely different, yeah, because it's got a river yeah. channel and more structure. Correct, yeah, it is. It's definitely got more structure. Like you go down the sort of the river down to Malonglo, it's got a lot more, you know, your timber trees and um, yeah, when you, then you go sort of more to the middle, there's yeah, you've got your deep channel, um, which is yeah, that's that's what they just sort of follow that river channel through, and there's always fish to sort of through there. Yeah, and that's where you kind of is a very big difference between sort of a pond like you're talking about, yeah, yeah. compared to somewhere like Mawala, which obviously is a completely different scenario. But it's still a flooded lake, but it's got the river channel timber, and it's got different things that point fish in different directions. But when you got yeah. a completely flat pond that's just drainage fills off drainage, it's a different story. Trying yeah, to so out. Just, yeah, we we so yeah, you, we sort of move we move pretty quick. Like we won't stand on you know, one spot for too long, we'll just always be, yeah, cruising along, just trying to, trying to find them. Yeah. Cool. No, that's handy. Cause I know there's a lot of sort of those little lakes right around everywhere and they'd all fish fairly similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like there's some, there's some awesome fish in there. Yeah. So reedy, we, so any places, any of those lakes, if they've got weeds, some of them might not, but a lot of them have those reeds against the edges and yep, then yep. any kind of, have you noticed deeper pockets help or not really? No, I said like there's one pocket, I'd say, um, I'd be yeah, it's a, a or I'd be probably half a football field. It'd sort of be like about a ten meter deep hole. Yeah. But I've I've yeah I don't think I've ever really done too well in there. I've seen a couple like sitting down deep, but um you know most of those ones that we get are those active sort of you know they're right up on the edge sort of sort of stuff. Cool, cool. Can you run us through a few of the different places that you fish? So what's your kind of realm of spots that you fish? Obviously, you got those urban lakes in Canberra, yep. Googong. Barrenjunk's one of your favourites. Barrenjunk, yeah, Barrenjunk's probably yeah, that's that's up there as my favourite. Um, just because it's yeah, it's a bit closer than the other ones, so we, you know we spend a lot of time down there as well. Um, do a lot of yeah, Wyangla as well. Yep. Um, then, yeah, I've done a little bit of blaring, not as much, um, but yeah, I think yeah, probably Barrenjunk and Wyangla would be the main ones. Yeah, nice. And why do you what Barrenjunk being close obviously helps, but what is it that you like about it? Honestly, yeah. I, 
probably because we've done so much now, we sort of work out, um, well, no, not worked it out, but got a sort of few areas that we generally do all right in. So I think we're just, I'm just more confident sort of fishing there. Yeah. Um, just where wire angler, I don't do it as much. So I sort of got to spend a bit more time trying to work it all out again. So what is it? Um, okay, so let's go to Barrenjuck for a second. Is it, when, you, when you're chasing the cod down, I know cod behave differently in every sort of, every like if you compare blaring to Burrenjack or even to Wyangler, they've all got their own little yeah. differences and the fish yeah. act different in each. What is it, do you fish, so say we're coming into winter now, what do you prefer to fish? Do you prefer to fish air with timber? Do you prefer to fish open flats or do you find it depends on the situation and like what kind of sort of areas are you looking for? Yeah, um, definitely I like, I, I, being Burrenjack, I definitely like fishing somewhere where there's trees pretty close by. Yeah, uh, I definitely found yeah they they're more sort of populated around them trees. I don't so much target them in the trees. Um, I definitely like fishing the the, the flattish sort of banks and um, you know ch- just I really we really try and chase them um, active sort of feeding cod you know early morning up right up on the edges and all that, especially coming in sort of this time of year. Yeah, um, yeah, like it's definitely sort of area where there's there's gonna be sort of trees I'd say somewhere around you know in the proximity where I'm fishing. That you can see a lot. Like so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, okay. yeah, like we don't spend, you know, we don't spend too much time sort of, tr- like, you know, chasing them in the middle of the trees. Um, and I just, I just like chasing them really active ones. Yeah, and then kind of, did you? So you've been up there lately, and have you found they're still not? Then they won't be because the water temp's still up. They're still deep, aren't they? And it's still they are. Take, yeah. In, it'll be until May before they actually. I think so. Yeah. I just think yeah, it's just. Just with all that fluctuation of water, it's just, yeah, I just haven't pinned it, I haven't got it down pat down up there yet this year, so. Now, I just want to take a quick moment from this podcast, and I know you guys are here to learn. You're listening to these episodes to become a better angler, and the reason I created them is to basically share stories, share information, and share what I've learned uh, since the very start of when I started fishing, because I found that there that there needed to be more sharing in the world of what we do, because as when I was younger and um, I struggled to find information. You found it in magazines, you found it through word of mouth, through people, but that was about it. And if you didn't have a mentor, if you didn't have someone to teach you, it could take you quite a long time or probably never. You could probably, I feel like it could take you a whole lifetime to actually work it out. And some people still wouldn't work it out not getting you know, enough time on the water. So that's why I've created, you know, the, this platform, this podcast platform, the the website is to help you guys. Plus, I love fishing myself. So I wanted to surround myself with fishing, with people who fish and sharing and talking fishing all the time. It's really good fun. So if you're in that place and if you're looking to learn and grow, which you are because you're listening to this podcast, I highly recommend uh, we created a mini series. So it's called the Freshwater Mini Series. If you haven't seen it already, jump on our website and check it out. It's completely free. It's a four-part series goes for over two hours and covers trout golden perch and murray cod in detail in both lakes and dam um, sorry lakes and rivers so two different scenarios for both species and we show you guys how to catch them we show you what lures to start with the gear you need to start with and some of the principles and techniques you use on the water so this is like going with a guide in all of these different scenarios showing you all of these different things so it's like going out with a trout guide on a river trout guide on a lake same things for the cod and same things for the yellow. So there is a stack of information and it's what we've learned over the last, I don't know, decade and a half myself, plus so many other people I've learned from as well. All of that information 
is jam-packed into a two-hour series called the Freshwater Mini Series. So if you haven't seen it already, just go do yourself a favor and go check it out. It's not on YouTube. You won't find it there. It's only available on our website. So socialfishing.com.au, jump on and look for the Freshwater Mini Series. All you have to do is whack in your email to access it and you can watch those four parts. Whenever you want, you can go back and watch them. Plus, it's probably worth watching because we land an absolute monster of a cod from Blaring Dam that was over a meter 20. And I myself, I don't know if, if you're like me, but I used to love watching fit big fish get caught on camera. I still do. I still love watching other people catch big fish. So that's in there. So go check it out, guys. That is the Freshwater Mini Series. Now let's jump back into the episode with Tyson. On that water, what have you found from two years being on the water, fishing a fairly up and down barrenjack? What is your preferred um, fluctuation, up, down, steady, and then what have you found they chew the best on or is it not, is there no pattern? Is it just fully, isn't Yeah, it's, I don't know. We always sort of think we've sort of got something going down, like, you know, got it worked out, but they they always bloody change their patterns on us. But um, I definitely do prefer a steady sort of, um, I I don't like when they're dropping it. Yeah. I just definitely find they're just, yeah, they're just, they just yeah, they're so inconsistent. And um, we you know we look back at our winter, like when we were catching consistent cod, we were um, the lake was steady, like it was sitting about that seventy to seventy two percent. And yeah, once it sort of started rising and fluctuating, it was sort of yeah, it sort of we got a bit more, um, a few more donuts, and um, it just found it a bit more tougher. So whether it's going up or down, either or, sometimes it would work, sometimes it wouldn't, but it's definitely nowhere near as good as steady. Like steady, yeah. I suppose yeah. just for us, yeah, because I just look, you know, it's we're pretty. So I look back at when we catch a fish, and I, I jump on the, you know, the water app lives, and um, you know, I just, you know, you sort of try and work, sort of work something out, but it's generally when it's steady is when we've done our best fishing. Yeah, and then it's funny because blaring. It and it's different, and so this is why when you learn something about one waterway, it doesn't mean you can pick it up. Like you, obviously, if you're traveling to somewhere else you've never fished before, say you're going to do a session at Eildon, you're going to take what you learned from other places and try and apply it. But yep. you've got to kind of be flexible because sometimes it doesn't work. Because if you go to blaring in the winter, those fish are that, except for this year, this is the first year it's never happened for me fishing it in 10, 12 years. Every winter, it would rise really quickly. Because they dump all the snow the melt snow water. The snow melt, yep. Yep. And it would rise, 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 all the way through till mid-spring. Then it would turn around and chuck a yui and go down Dark really quick. It. They don't like the drop, but they would still deal with it. But the rise in the winter, they loved. And it Love was it. like a massively quick rise. Yeah, they would get up all, all that fresh sort of, um, that fresh yep. cover, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah, bone jack's different because it's kind of got no pattern to it and yeah, it was yeah. going down going up going down the, any of those up, even the ups they really did not like sometimes especially because yeah. the water flows with three like different channels and different um, rivers running in and rivers would go backwards and yeah, yeah. the flows would go the wrong way and it, they yeah. just weren't happy whereas blaring you could go up and it would be three meters higher the next week and they love it they love it yeah it's, yeah, it's crazy how different everything is it's interesting um yeah. I was just saying, yeah, like the other one I sort of fish would be definitely um, wire angler a fair bit. I, I like going to wire angler. It's um, another good fishery. Yeah. 
And how many trips? You done a few trips there? Yeah, we done. We done. We spent. Um, yeah, we started. We generally when we go there, we um we spend like more time there. We'll spend like you know three or four. I don't know, probably two or three nights. I'd say. And uh, yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's um sort of like, yeah. I haven't got that one sort of. I just, you know I always find a new spots there, and um you know it's different again to Burren Junk, but um yeah, it's another good fishery. Yeah, and you've done. So you did it. You did a trip there recently. Um, was that when that when it was filled up? Yeah, we went there and it was, yeah, it was, well, we probably did, I'd say, yeah, four weeks ago, four or five weeks ago we went there and it was, um, it was yeah, she was chockers. Yeah, stacks of water. And was it, yeah. and it was quite, did you, how'd you go? Um, I dropped one in the, yeah, actually, um, I dropped one that was in, it was really quiet, like, we, we went with a few boys and, yeah, we, no, no one got anything. That was pretty tough. Yeah, that was when yeah. they were like, pretty well the floods were running through the Lachlan. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, but um, it's yeah, still we still managed to buy it, but yeah, it just didn't stick in. But it's a really good spot, especially like now. Like I said, being at a hundred percent, it's it's sort of hard to sort of work your, you know, you know where all the t- your timber is and all that. So yeah, um, like even like you know, perfect example is that like the um the SF maps that you you guys create. Um, you know, when you and Hocko would have filmed there, it would have been what like ten percent. It was seventeen when we mapped. It. Yeah, yeah. So like you know, like I'd I'd still jump on this SF maps all the time. Like every before every trip, I'd go on and have a look and you know for like where that um where I dropped that fish at Warangler, um you know at ten percent or seventeen percent, you could see all the laydowns against the bank and it ran for probably five hundred meters. So now at a hundred percent, we'd sort of you go straight over that straight back over that bank and you just fish all the all the laydowns. Because with so, the maps, the photos. Because we're talking about seventeen percent, you can see all the exposed timber runs it's, right up to. Oh, it's awesome! Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, you can see literally the whole bank, and um, yeah, you just sort of yeah, you sort. Of, I, I'd even take some screenshots of um, of yeah, of the photos you put up, and I'll just you know sort of put it, get them up and um, have a look against the bank and all that, and you sort of yeah, you can sort of work it out um, really well. Yeah, cool. No, that's the whole point. That was the whole point of it. it makes a. They make a, a massive difference, and that's the point of all the maps. And that's why yeah. we tried to take them when they were low. So Wyangler was epic because it was seventeen percent, um, and then we've got a few other ones which are pretty low. And then that's why we've put off a few of the lakes. Unfortunately, for this year, we're going to stick to the rivers for a bit because, say, for up north, they're all full, so yeah. the photos don't really show you anything. Um, and that's the point of the photos is to show you sort of the banks of all of them. So did you, when you go, you sort of just go through and look at all the pins where all the key spots are and just look at the photos and go, yeah, that's a kind of a bank that I'd like to fish. Like or... fish, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, um, would sort of, yeah, we sort of have a half idea sort of where we want to fish, either one of the arms or the main basin. But I, I see, I'll just jump on, have a quick look at the photos and just, you know, like, oh, this, you know, there's a good point here. There's some structure here. Like, um, we sort of just start at that as a start point and at least, you know, you sort of feel like you're in a pretty good area straight up. So did you do you find it funny even if you look back at the photos of Burrenjack, a place you fish all the time, and you look at the photos and you're like, "That's right, it looks like that." Like yeah. You sort of forget, and you look back at the photos because those photos are like 39, 38% yeah. percent of Burrenjack. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I wish it was back down to that because I was um. Well, I'd say yeah, I can between that forty and seventy percent was sort of my favourite time. I was a lot more um, exposed trees and a lot more sort of nice points running out and. Um, yeah, we did pretty well when it was that um, that height. It's a good height. It's a yeah. really good height. So sort of yeah. now it's yeah, it's a bit harder now. It's sort of harder to fish the edges and 
um, with so much sort of um, timber. A lot of water. A lot of water, yeah. So hope she drops down before winter. Yeah, and then stays steady. Would be yeah, de- definitely. Nice. I think uh, the rain, I think we're, we're slowing down on our rainfall, like between now and the end of the year, we're getting average rainfall, and then into next year, we're getting below average. So I think we're on that sort of turning point. Turning point, yeah. Three years, yeah. So, yeah. and it's awesome. We've had so much water because it'll go back to three years really good. Good, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Even, like, even I've noticed the rivers, like this is the best I've, I reckon I've ever seen the rivers fish. Um, like I've just the amount of big fish around our local area this year has just been crazy, and the flows haven't even been right, have they? Nah, they've like it's like the rivers come good for I'd say you know like two or three weeks this whole year, and when it does come good, you that's when you start seeing all the fish being caught. Yeah, so as soon as it comes good for a whole season, like next year, it'll be oh yeah, it's gonna be good. Yeah, it'd be epic. So I just wanted to make note because going back on your time, your timeline of that twenty that when it, that twenty twenty. Now that you brought up um, that SF map stuff, you're you're actually the first member that I've interviewed. So you've been a member since pretty early on, and I think it lines up. We launched in March of twenty twenty, so you must have jumped on pretty soon after that. Um, yeah, I said, and that period was sort of when I sort of you know that full learning sort of. Um, time and I was just yeah was doing everything we could sort of I was watching YouTube like I said watching the SF um, videos just doing everything we sort of could to sort of um, try and work these fish out. So how did you find the platform helped? I'm just curious to to see how that helped you because that was like perfect timing for sort of your journey and then it's been two years now and you obviously know so much more now but how like between did you find that it supported you in learning between the videos the content the Q and A's, the maps, the whole lot, the reports yeah, yeah. as well. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, it's like this. Yeah, this felt like give you a bit more confidence. I'd say, like even like you know, going to these new um, dams and all that. You know, I haven't been to. You sort of, you know, you go to those key points, and you know, at least you start there, and you feel like you're going to be in a good area um, instead of just sort of cruising around sort of aimlessly. I'd say. Yeah. But yeah. um, yeah, especially even like all the podcasts. You know, every podcast you did, you pick up something from. A different angle like it's you just think oh that's you know that's a good point or um you know you, you definitely every time you learn something every day um, in terms of this sort of fishing mm, cool that's cool because i remember you sent me through or you posted on the wall that fish that one i was talking about that 90 mid 90s model at Burrenjuk in the summer in the smoke yeah and i yep. remember you i remember you saying something like was it was it your biggest one to that date yeah or- to- yeah, in the dam, in the pound. Nah, yeah, yeah it, was, it was in the, yeah, it was, yeah. Impairment. In the yeah. pound, yeah, yeah. And it was your first big impairment one. And then I think back now to that, and I'm like, are you sure that, <laughs> that you've only been chasing them since then? Because you're bloody killing it now. So run us through now. Do you know how many meters you've caught? Um, Do you count? I, no? I, 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 I don't write them down. Like I, I, I definitely would. I, I would. I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be crazy amounts. I'd say it would be. Maybe a 12, 15-ish, I'd say. That's a lot in two years. Yes, yeah. Sort of like it, it's, yeah, because like, like I said, I don't really fish solo. I fish with my brother. So we, so we try and take it in turns. Like, you know, we sort of, if I catch one, he'll sort of, I know, he'll have the next crack. And then, you know, we just try to keep trying to swap around. So, yeah, um, which is pretty cool. Like I said, I, if I'm not catching it, if I'm netting it, I'm, I'm still that happy. Like, it is, if just seeing what's fish of that size, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. 
And then, so you, yeah, so you fish with the brother, and he's caught a fair few as well. I've seen yeah, all yeah. The, I think we'll be pretty. You've been catching. Yeah, we're pretty similar what we've sort of caught. Um, yeah, so we sort of try and take it in turns. So tell us about. Is there one trip that stands out? Is there one session, probably a winter session, obviously? And I think, I think I might know which one it is. Is there one that stands out in your mind that was just epic, and you can remember it, a session that you did with your brother? Yeah. Um, um, I, the, the, the probably the funnest one we had was in you know, last winter. It was just at the uh, one of the um, local urban lakes. Um, it was the rain was a, like a big drop coming, like a pressure drop, and it was meant to be rain about nine a.m. So I was I was pretty confident. I was like, okay, if we get out in the morning, we'll, we'll get them to bite. And um, nothing happened for I'd say about two hours. And seven thirty came, and I think there was almost on the drop of the pressure. We would have caught. I think we caught six in a space of about twenty five minutes. Six. Yeah, and it was just it was just it was all within I'd say uh, half hundred fifty meter bank. That's epic. I remember like, you mentioning that. Yeah, like we did. They were not. They weren't. Like they weren't all massive. Like we got a few in the mid nineties, and you know, the rest of I'd say mid eighties. But yep. it was. It was. Yeah. It was just. It was just fun. It was so much fun. That's but I, cool. Probably the, my favorite session would be when we. I'd say almost. I, I was the, thinking the one I was thinking of was the one I think your brother got a meter twenty on the top water. Oh, that was yeah, that was that was actually cool. That was really cool. That's the one I'm thinking of. And didn't you yeah. guys get another one just before that? Yeah, they're not. They're, they're, yeah, bef- just um, yeah, they're few few months before that, I got my one twenty off the upper barren junk off the um yeah, off the edge too. Um, that was just before we sort of got the live sort of tech. Um, yeah, we're just sort of yeah doing just sort of bombing the bank, and I got yeah that was a really good fish too. Yeah. But um yeah, yeah. that Kyle's one twenty one that was that was a, such a sick bite. Like I could just like I was sort of scanning the edge. Like so we sort of like work as a sort of I'd say a team. Like one of us would always be scanning. You know, someone's if if we see cod in the area, we'll just be sort of constantly sort of casting the um the bank. One of us will be. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, I just sort of, I could see someone flickering up on the bank and I was like, that's that's a pretty good fish, man. Um, and he, yeah, he's chucked the, I think he was using a Garuda and he, yeah, as soon as I hit the water, that fish had switched and he was straight onto it. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't a big fight, it wasn't long, but it just, the explosion it made off the surface, like, you're like yeah, that's, that, we knew straight away, like, that's a good fish. That's cool. How yeah, good are those yeah, stories? Something, yeah, like, I, I can, every, every meter we've caught, I, I can, I just, yeah, I've, I remember every single one of them. Yeah, that's every. Is that the biggest one you've seen? One twenty-one. Yeah, one twenty-one. Yeah, yeah. He just. And yeah. what's your biggest? Mine's one twenty. He's got you. Yeah, again. Centimeter. He got me again. He's, yeah, like, uh, back in the day, I'd, he wasn't even fishing. Like this is when I was full into the pretty keen and fishing. Like he never caught a cod, and I like oh he showed he, he had caught one cod, and I was like, you want to go for a fish and catch a cod? And I gave him. Oh, it would have been a little. There's a little purple and I know pink and black spinnerbait, and he had ten pound on a spin rod, and he ended up catching it. It was a meter. What? Yeah, it was a it was a, it was, a it was a big fish. It was a meter fifteen, sixteen, I think. It in was. the river. In the river. His second Can't, ever cod. Off the bank. Off the bank, yeah. On a spin rod. On a spin rod, his second ever cod. Your joke. Yeah. So he um and then, yeah, that would have been good fifteen years ago. That's not even fair. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I, was, I remember he, he was like, "Oh, I'm on," and I remember looking. I just seen this cod rolling on the surface, and I was like, "Hold, that's a big fish, dude!" 
and I'd never seen anything that big either. And I was just like, oh man, this is, yeah, it was, um, that was pretty cool. So that's, that was back in the day when you you were catching what, 70s? Like that yeah, was yeah. Seven, 70 would have been probably pulled up my, my biggest, definitely. And he gets a meter 15. Yeah, straight up. And then that, yeah, yeah, he sort of, he had the record for ages until like I said, I got that one. Then it only lasted a few months and he beat me again. Yeah, that's long. <laughs> but uh, as long as we as long as we're catching fish, we're sort of we're pretty happy. Yeah, that's epic. Um, can you tell us your side of the story to the lure tag comp, or not comp, but the lure tag um, thing with the Bobby Dazzler? Yeah, um, yeah. Can you run us through? Obviously, we've heard the story from Shane, so when everyone knows the story. If you guys don't know the story, go listen to the podcast prior to this one. The story is all in there. So, can you tell us your story about how it come to you? how you got involved, the story of your fish and then where you passed it on to and where it's up yeah. to now. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So um, it was at, where did it go from? Yeah, um, from to one of my mates, Luke Suda, he had it. And um, yeah, he, he caught a few fish on. He caught, I think he caught six fish in the river and he lost it. He got onto a real good one and he couldn't, yeah, didn't um, didn't connect. Yeah. But um, then, yeah, so we, we sort of had, we've had, we had this trip planned for the Gorge Country for, Oh, probably three or four months. Like since opening, we always we we had a plan for like, I think it was early December. Then the rain came and sort of we kept getting pushed back. And it was it just felt sort of pretty good timing that like he just caught a fish on it. And the next day I was, we'll go into yeah we'll go into the gorge country. And he's like, well, you may as well take it because you'll be able to you know get utilize it a f- fair bit there. Is he over um, in like he just gave it to you? Yeah, like I just went over there. Yeah, he's in Canberra, so I just went. Oh, he's in yep. Canberra too, so I just went and picked it up off him. Yeah. Um. And yeah, then sort of the next day we sort of went and um, I was yeah I was I was definitely sort of I was keen to throw it, but I was also pretty Scared. nervous. I was I was definitely was like I'd never been I haven't been snapped like touch wood I haven't been like snapped off by too many and I was like too many uh, too many I have <laughs> lost happened. it. It's happened. But um. Yeah, I the first I think I, I I tied a new leader and I ended up just cutting it off and tying it again, and I was just like I just walking the first session we did that Arvo I was just walking just grabbing my leader and just checking my knots and I was like oh, I just don't want to be that guy I don't want to be that That's guy. That's funny. Now for so, I just want to two seconds there just yeah, for yeah. everyone's listening who hasn't gone and listened to the other one basically there is a lure one of that's going through ten different anglers this cod season and you were angler number. Five. Five? Five, yeah. So the reason Tyson is saying I'm retying my leader and checking my leader is because there's only one of this lure and he cannot lose it. So I just wanted to fill people in. So <laughs> yeah, keep yeah. going, mate. Yeah, so like that, that that Arvo, we sort of went for a quick walk and the, just before we left, the um, yeah, we got about 40 mil of rain. So we, we almost called it off, but we already put our leave in at work. So we're like, let's just, let's just go and, you know, whatever happens, happens. If we get a few fish, we get a fish. Yeah, um, it was yeah, it was fair rage in that first arvo, but I would have only had probably four casts just before dark, and I started getting I got a fair bit of action actually, and um, I couldn't I couldn't hook him I couldn't hook him, so um, he never come back. So that was that was sort of the first arvo. Yeah. Um, then I sort of fished that whole day, um, didn't use it. And that next arvo, I went back for a walk, and yeah, I think it would have been yeah probably that ten casts in again. I started getting heaps of buffs. So I think this cod came back 10 times before he hooked up. What? A little yeah. one? Yeah, it was only maybe a 50, 55. Um, yeah. But I got all on film, which is pretty cool. Like, it's just, this. he just kept coming back. Like, and multiple times, like three times per cast. 
Wow. And um, yeah, it was yeah, you see, I think it was ten times. I got, I haven't put the video up yet, but I will because it's it's pretty cool to watch. Just how I'm like, come on, just take it. So that's and, uh, so that you got the fish. So you yeah, got the fish got, on the top water. Yeah, so I got him. So he was yeah, he was only a 50, 55 sort of thing. But I was like, that's it. I'm sort of happy. Like I've I've caught the fish, and then why didn't you um, cut it off? <laughs> yeah, and then um, yeah, then I gave it to my bro- and then I yeah, I came back and gave it to Kyle. Um, I'm like, you go have do you have a have a session with it and see what how you go, and then yeah, he did one session too, and he caught. I'd say maybe a little bit bigger, mate. Oh, probably same size, actually, 55-ish, I'd say. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, then we sort of, the next day, like we had done heaps of walk and heaps of kayak and I was I was pretty sore and I was like, dude, I'm having a sleep in the morning. I'm like, I can't do this again. Yeah. So, yeah, it was about, I think, yeah, we, we didn't plan to go fishing that morning and um, I just woke up, I, I, I can't sleep in, I just wake up early all the time now. But um, Yeah, right. Yeah, it would have been about six o'clock, and I, was, I could just hear the birds, and I was like, "Oh, I'm up now." I'm like, "Let's just—I might as well just go for a quick walk." <laughs> so I was actually planning on going to the toilet. I was like, "I need to go to the toilet." I'm like, "Oh, I might as well chuck me um, the GoPro." And I didn't take—I you know, I took a back a backpack. I didn't take any grips. I just was pretty casual. I just—I like, I might as well take the GoPro just in case something does happen. And um, you only walk down from camp. Probably I'd say yeah, probably 500 meters down from camp. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then I was only four or five casts in, and I got um yeah I got that that one hundred and five, which That's was epic. was yeah it was once he hit and he was he rolled around on the surface four or five times, and um yeah the, I think the fight went for six minutes. And really? Like, yeah, he was he was going hard. Like that's the hardest cut I've ever had to had to uh, fight off. And you're on the bank, so you were like full freaking. I was rubbing, freaking out. If you, yeah, I was freaking out too, and I was like just stand on the rock, and I just. He just peel a line. I was, I'm like loosening my drag a little bit. And he's just, the lines just, you can see it crackling off. Wow. And, I, and I was my last remember my legs were just, well, that was, I never, I usually pretty calm when I'm, you know, onto a good fish. Like I'm, yeah, usually pretty, I'm not too bad, but this one, I was just, I was shaking. I was wobbling. My legs were wobbling and <laughs> I was, um, yeah, I'm grabbing my backpack for my grips and I didn't grip, grab him. I'm yelling out to the boys cause I was still in bed. And they could so, hear yeah, I, I yelled a fair. I was yelling pretty loud. I was just yelling out, and um, yeah, about I, I had nearly done the whole fight, and I could just hear him like um, Adzi was paddling up on his kayak, and Kyle had no shirt on. He's running his thongs up these bank, and um, <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty. It was it was, it was a, such an awesome fish, but um, yeah, I got him to the bank. He actually got, he got me under a few rocks. Uh, I could see my line just going like you know that noise, oh. and I was. I was like, I, I don't care if I lose a fish, just don't, I can't lose this lure. Yeah. And, so, um, so, do you reckon you were shaken because of the lure or yeah, because yeah. of the fish? Nah, I, oh, a bit mm. of both, but... Um, if you didn't have that lure on, that fish still would have been a pretty special fish. Yeah, oh, definitely. It was my biggest, you know, that's my PB River Cod and on top water, which is, um, yeah, in which is spot. sort of, yeah, in new spot and everything. So, everything sort of, did, and it all sort of just, yeah, fell into place. And the lure, <laughs> and yeah, but um, yeah. Once I grabbed him, I was like, "Oh, that's yeah." I was just such a such a relief. Yeah, good. But um, that's yeah. a pretty cool story. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so I was um, yeah, it's definitely the most nervous I've been with a with a cod. Yeah, so you got him in on the lure, and that's the biggest one on that lure by what, a long yeah, shot, isn't it? Yeah, I think the next is well. Then yeah, the next I think um, yeah, there was an eighty-eight on it, and um. Yeah, the next day I'm like, well, I'm Kyle. There's no way I'm throwing that again. I'm like, you can, you take him, you can lose it now. I'm not, I'm not touching it now. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm definitely satisfied with that. And, um, yeah, the same. And then the next morning we went to the same spot and I was like, just chuck it up in the, um, some, yeah, there's a nice sort of flowing rapids. And, um, yeah, he got it. He ended up getting an 88 on it as well, which was, um, really? yeah, it was an awesome fish too. Wow. So it must, it's, it's a, like, it's a good top water lure. Yeah. Nice yeah it has, yeah. I've had, had so much action on it. Um, yep. yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I, I really rate it. Nice. So, so then, and then, yeah, yeah so he's, help. um, then yeah, he fished it that weekend and he said, gave it to, um, to Adzi to take back home. And, um, I think he had a bit of a crack, but same thing, the, the river was, um, flooded up there. So it was, yeah, it made it pretty hard for him. So he's number seven. He's number seven. He ended up getting one on it, and um, yeah, actually, he did. He he did. Yeah, he got a. I think he got a small one on it. Um, yeah, but he was up in the gorges as well. Yep. And yeah, it's back. It's back down to Canberra actually again to one of our other mates. Who's got it now? Um, Bryce Bryce Payton. Yeah, cool. So hopefully so number eight. The, number eight, and hopefully the river. Um, yeah, it's it's starting to come good now. Like I still think it's going to be a few weeks, but um, yeah, if he get it out of the river, I think he'll probably do pretty good with it. So number eight. So there's only two more people after him, and there's still plenty of months to go. Months to go, yeah. So um, I think yeah, I think when I was talking to Shaney about it, he, he he wanted to sort of be number ten, sort of get that last sort of fish on it. He's got. <laughs> <laughs> it might go through two more, and then get back to him, and then he'll uh, he'll need the whole winter, and he'll probably end up using it all up because it's yeah. the time of year. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's 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 just such a cool concept, I reckon. Like it's just yeah. Um, it's pretty, I really like it. Did your fish leave any teeth on it or did it just pin it? Mine just pinned it. Like he was, he wasn't well hooked at all. So it wasn't like full scratching it up no, through the fight? No, no. Like my, he was just, I had one sort of treble in the corner of his mouth. Sort of, the, it was more, more the skin actually. Really? So I was, yeah, I was pretty lucky. So what's, um, has it got plenty of teeth marks on it? Yeah, it's got heaps now. Yeah, like even like yeah, that, um, the one that Kyle got too, he shredded it. How cool! That's so, yeah. gonna be sick hanging on the wall. It's gonna look, it's gonna look cool once it gets out there through all ten. I reckon it should be pretty bashed up. So, and the rest of that trip was good fun. Like, how many fish did you end up with in fast sort of dirty water? Yeah, we still, yeah, we definitely didn't get. We 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 lost a few real good fish. Um, we 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 wouldn't have got heaps. I think we would have got maybe fifteen between us. Yeah, so it was um, tough. So it, was, it would it have been tough. better fishing if it was perfect. Yeah, it was. It was definitely still um, raging a fair bit. And it was, yeah, it was still quite dirty. But um, yeah, we we got a few like seventies, eighties. I remember we'll, the first morning we we're paddling down sort of the um, main hole, and as he goes, there's always a good fish off this point. Always, like it always snaps people off. Mm. And um, I, I I had the big M on and I chucked it out there and legit first cast he. I hooked up and snapped me straight off. He did not. Yeah, yeah, straight up. Literally the first cast over this wall. How big was he? I don't know. I didn't see him. He was he was big. Like he just he just all I felt was three massive head shakes and it was just it was just gone. He's big, big. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he's big. He's probably snapped a few people off down there. So um, why did he snap you off? He got you on rock or you just? Oh, I, I don't. I, I, it. I think he just snapped it. Like yeah, I, I was. I didn't feel any rocks. Like it was. It was that quick, but um. Did that happen before? Did that happen before you hooked the one on the paddler? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was like that was like, this was the first morning and. Um, no wonder you were scared then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and then sort of like, yeah, we had a bit of bad luck. Like, oh, 
some bad luck and then it was some sort of um, user error in um, on Adzi's part. Like we, um, oh, yeah, it was a big fish. But we were sort of, me and Adzi went down the rapids and he just snapped his lure off and like against the bank or something. And he's like, oh, I can't really be bothered tying a leader on. Uh-huh. And I, was, I was like, tie a leader on. I'm like, it take us two minutes. He's like, no, I'll just tie. So he tied a big swim bait back on and we got down to these rapids and like, there was this bit of swell and backwater, like a sort of perfect sort of cod spot. And he cast straight in there and he just got absolutely annihilated. You're and, kidding. And it's, it was instant snap. Like it was a, I just watched him load up and it just clean snapped him. And then about 10 seconds, no, not even five seconds later, you see in the cod, he come up onto the surface and he was rolling around. Yeah. Um, I thought he was, I was like, oh, maybe he's, t- we thought he was tangled, but I think he was just trying to throw, throw the lure, lure. Through the lure. So we watched him just, just rolling around like, down the rapids and he was, he was big. He was like, well, he's well into the meters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And then, um, yeah, he's just, I just look at him. I was like, dude, why? You idiot. Why? He's, he was, yeah, he's pretty, still pretty cut up from it actually. Yeah, he won't <laughs> but, do that again. No, nah, that's, well, that's what he said. He's like, but um, yeah, and then sort of that next day we sort of were fishing this this further down from the rapids, and um, you know, we'd only been two three hundred meters from where he lost that fish, and he um was in the middle of the kayak, and he brought the lure up, and just as he brought it out of the water, and the, the cod just came up, and like he's like, mate, it was a one twenty all you know every day of the week sort of thing. Wow. So if it was the same fish, we don't know, like a very similar area, but you know, could not have been as well, but. Wow, but, um, that's yeah. crazy. But it was like, yeah, just a, such a cool trip, like, you know, just exploring some new water and, um, yeah, just, yeah, trying to yeah, go to some, it was a, such a nice area. It'd be, um, it'd be hard to try to stop those big fish when they've got a heap of current. Like, yeah, yeah. that one you said that he busts everyone off all the time, Was he, he was sitting in somewhere where he could get in the current and take off, yeah? Well, he was sort of in the middle of the hole. He was sort of in a big, um... Oh, okay. He, yeah, he was in the sort of, um... Yeah, the big still still water, so not really. So, wow, so his power is all his power. That yeah. busting everyone, wow. Yeah, but I remember he literally said, he's like, oh, just, there's a fish here and he always snaps people off. All the, He's done it, doing it for years. And yeah, That's it happened crazy. straight up, but yeah. Next, hopefully, hopefully next time. Yeah, yeah, you're ready for him. What do you <laughs> run? What do you I, run, Braden, later? Yeah, I usually run just um, 50 and 50. Yeah. Um, if I'm using Braid, but um, if I'm... I, I, Use um fluoro one of my setups straight through, so that's just thirty pound. Yeah. Um, straight through fluoro, and I usually use that for more of me sort of top water. So, because yep. I'm pretty hopeless, I strike pretty quick when it's on um top water. I get pretty scared sometimes. <laughs> yeah, because so with, <laughs> with fluoro, you got it. You got to hit them hard. You do, hard. yeah, yeah, and sort of with that top water, they sort of, if I do sort of you know strike a bit early, they sort of have already you know it's a bit more stretch in it, so they they take it a bit easier. Yeah, yeah, whereas if you do the same thing again with Braid, then Lua comes flying out. Or... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, de- that, um, definitely, I, I used to run lighter, but I just I just don't think it's worth it anymore. Yeah, just, yeah. Just for that, if like, you get that fish of a lifetime, I sort of like, you know, I sort of want to be a bit more confident in the gear. I think 50 and 50 is a minimum these days. Yeah. I used to run 40 and 40, but the bit I don't like about 40 braid is it's that fine. You end up when you're flicking. The reason I prefer 50, plus it's stronger, is because when you're trying to flick your lures off, 
it's that fine. It ends up slicing your fingerprint. Yeah, off. definitely. Yeah. Whereas does. fifty just seems to be a bit rounder. Plus, it's really it doesn't affect your casting distance. I don't reckon. And we're only casting for cod, so like we're not casting huge distances. Although we yeah. are a little bit more in the dams now. But I run fifty braid and a fifty liter minimum. Now, I reckon it's like a minimum rule yeah. if you're getting into it is what Definitely, you should be yeah. running. Because if it happens, yeah, that you know that fish of a lifetime snaps you off on you know lighter gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, you'd be you'd be pretty. Well, Hocko's running eighty now, leader. So he's running fifty braid or sixty braid. I think it's fifty or sixty, but he had an eighty pound leader and he 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 got popped the other day. Yeah, right, far out. On eighty leader, he said it must have just been the teeth. The pads like popped the knot, so mm-hmm. like the teeth rubbed on the knot or something. But yeah, he's gone up because he was getting broken on sixty pound leader yeah. um, from some That's big some fish. Big fish, yeah. yeah. He gets some good fish down there, doesn't he? Mm, yeah, he gets he gets some real good ones. Um, so, mate, thanks again for the chat. I got just a little bit. Couple more questions, if yep. that's all right. That's fine. That's fine. I just wanted to talk about your opinion and the way you fish and how you fish all around live tech. I know we talk yep. about it on nearly every episode, but it's kind of a popular topic now. And I just want to get your opinion because you've yep. sort of jumped in, sort of oh, what halfway through this three-year sort of dam stuff you've been doing. Probably yep. the middle of it is when it jumped in for you. Yeah, I'd um, say, yeah, yeah. I'll be. I'd um. I done. Yeah, I'd done. One winter without it, then the, this the sort of got a half year, halfway through. Well, she would have been this time last year, I would have got it actually. Just before winter. Just before winter, I did, yep. Which, yeah, sort yep. of, um, I, 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 I love it. I can just, just learning the patterns and the behavior of the fish has just changed the way I fish. Just like, yeah, it's just, um, you know, going back the start of first winter, I'd be making my, my lure would be tapping the bottom, tapping the bottom, pause and, um, where now I, I barely put a chin weight on my lure. I just, I, I just fish the top sort of, I'd say the top 30 of water column. Yep. And it's really chase that, those, um, active fish. Made a difference? Yeah. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, yeah. I, um, we, um, yeah, I'm happily, you see, I happily just, yeah, fish unweighted chin weight, um, unweighted swim baits all the time now. Right. But, um. Right through that winter period when they're up Yeah. Shallow. Yeah. Up in the shallow. Yeah. I said, we'll just, we'll be. Just mainly fishing that right up tight against that edge, that you know that first light, that transition time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it definitely, and then... it definitely, um, it just helps with yeah. The, this learning about these fish, it's just um, watching what they do, like they be reacting to your baits, and um, yeah, I, I I really rate it. What about the style of fishing? Do you enjoy it? I do, yeah, I do. I guess I do. I, I do like still like um. You know, like that's why I sort of I do like the river so much because I you know, get back to your basics and just um, you know, fish, fish. You know, you're you're blind and all that. But I yeah, I I, I love just chasing those big damn fish and just watching them just just ch- you know, ch- trail those lures and just you're just waiting for that hit. You just yeah, you're so nervous. It's cool, isn't it? Oh, just yeah, like especially when that lure hits that water and then you just see them, they just they just switch and then you're like, oh man, this is gonna happen right now. Yeah, and you know how big it is, roughly. Yeah, yeah, and you know, a lot of time it doesn't happen, but when it does, it's um, yeah, it's just it's such a I, everyone I can should like, experience that. Like, I really want to try and get the um the old man on a one this this winter doing that because he would yeah he would he would lose it I reckon. That's sick. So, do you think for anyone who hasn't seen it or tried it and has an opinion on it, probably shouldn't and at least should at least try it just once. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, like it's just. 
it's a definitely a different way to fish. And like, you know, obviously there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people have opinions and all that on it, but like, at the end of the day, like I just, yeah, if someone can get onto a really good fish, you know, someone starting out, you know, a young fella catches a fish doing it that way, they're going to be hooked and they're going to, you know, nothing, you know, they're going to fish for the next 10, 15 years, loving it. Like, you know, just getting having that chance to catch that big, that big one. It's awesome, eh? Do you, do you spend and do many sessions without it on the impoundments now or is it a tool that you'll use on nearly every trip? No, we'll, we'll definitely like yeah, it's definitely if we're fishing the impoundments, we definitely have it on. Um, no, no, we haven't done it. We don't catch you know all the fish using it. Um, like for example, when we went to Copeton last year, the first day and a half, we we just tried using it just to find those fish. But the fish we'll find weren't the active ones, and you know we're wasting so much time just casting lures at them. Where you know once we worked out sort of the the patterns, we sort of. We kept it on and sort of was scanning for bait, but we were just we were casting the edge and like every single one of the fish we caught was off the edge, wasn't on the actual screen. So yeah, um, they were real shallow. They were real shallow. They no, they were up in the, some of them were in a foot of water. And you can't see them. No, you mm-hmm. can't see them. But um, yeah, that's like you know we'll use it like we we filtered in sort of to this bay like just before light and um we sort of found these two choke points and we sort of had the screen just facing at these choke points. And then all of a sudden you're just seeing these cod just, they'll just literally like single file rolling in. Um, then you started seeing the bait sort of flicker. And so they obviously went into their sort of their feeding zone. Um, that's when we sort of, we just like, oh, let's just start casting. And as soon as we saw that bait flicker, we just started casting the edge and yeah, we saw, we, we started catching fish. Yeah. So it's kind of, you need to not get stuck on and what you're oh. saying is don't get stuck on using it all the time. Yeah, definitely, yeah, 100%. And even like, um, you know, chasing those fish, like we we don't spend, you know, we don't spend much time on each fish. Like if this fish doesn't show any interest or doesn't turn within a few casts, you just keep moving. Like you just mm-hmm. can, you get so easily stuck on those fish, you know, like, um, but most of the time they're not the active ones you want to be sort of casting that. Like you might get them to bite, but... You're definitely better off just chasing those active ones. Yeah, yeah. You see, you see a lot of people sort of yeah, they'll stay on one tree for ten, fifteen minutes just trying to get him to bite. But generally, if he doesn't bite, you know, the first couple of casts, he's not going to. Yeah, it's interesting too because some waterways it makes a massive difference. I reckon some of the lakes like Burrinjuk and Wyangla where they're sitting high, it makes a huge difference. Yep. Um, Copeton, I don't know if it did, like it will and it does, but when we went as well, we went a month after you or three weeks after you and it it didn't really, it helped a little bit. Like we caught our fish on it, but some of those fish that we were chasing just were not keen. No, nah, they're like a bloody rocks in there. They don't yeah. Even they didn't even move. Like they wouldn't even... Yeah, like the little go straight past and they will not budge like a budge at all. Nah, and the active ones are sort of up shallow. And then yep. for somewhere like blaring, it can be a big detriment. And I reckon last winter, it almost took away from, and I know a lot of anglers who fish blaring who stopped using it. They just was like, it's it's pointless because the carp are so big and the cotton mixed in with the carp up real shallow and you're just better off doing what we used to do. Yeah. Um, and it does help. The only reason I use it now for those situations is to just point it and find the bait or find the carp and go, right, the carp are all up there. They're along this edge. Let's just pepper this edge. Concentrate um, on that. Yeah, that's that one area. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's yeah, something you really got to be careful and on the day go mm, and assess, right, oh, this isn't happening with this. Let's just use it to find a bait source and fish in an area where we know the bait is. Yeah. 
that's yeah. Especially like I said, we we've done the blaring sessions too. Like I think it's pointless. Like we said, we've we tried using it there, and the fish. I say the same thing. The fish we've seen just weren't interested. And you wait, you waste too much time. They're like bricks that yeah, don't look at your lure. No, nah, we like I said that's what we said. You know, better off let's get back to the edge. You know, flutter the lures down the walls and you know go back to um, how you, yeah, you used to sort of get them there. Yeah, well, we used to catch them real shallow. So we used to sit on the flats, not used to, but this is how we get them. Fish on the flats, real shallow, cast them right up shallow. They're in like the flooded grass because it's all grass in the winter as it's rising with all the big carp and they are hungry and they travel. So the ones that are active are sitting, I reckon they're sitting on the bottom and you can't see them on the bottom with your scope. So they're sitting on the bottom and they're hidden, so it's pointless. And when they actually do see a lure, even if it's three meters above them rolling through, they will turn and chase and full chase it up and eat it because it's the winter time and they're hungry. Hungry, yeah, um, yep. Whereas the ones that are out cruising around, just moping around, aren't looking for a feed. Whereas the ones that are looking for a feed to ambush, they sit on the bottom Off and the wait edge, for yeah. stuff to pass over their heads and then turn and do a yui and chase them. That's yep. that's. That's what I reckon is the go. Although now the middle at the moment running through into autumn, we've done a couple of sessions up there and they're sitting down fairly deep, but they're up actually up off the bottom. And you talking about getting busted off in the river um, made me think about a mate that I took up last weekend and he had two chances at 120s. They were both 120. One was at 20 metres, like roughly about 20 metres away, tapped, like hit the lure because it was so far away. He, he didn't strike hard enough, then the hooks didn't go in and he was spewing about that and then we kept working real hard and it was getting close to midnight found another one which was well over 120 followed him three times and on the third follow at the boat it grabbed it and he struck and within about a second it popped and just full snapped him because he struck so hard struck. well there was a mixture there and this is kind of a lesson for you guys out there one he struck a little bit too hard because the fish really grabbed it like he said he grabbed it like ripped the rod out of his hand grabbed it so his instinct was to strike hard but the other thing was and for those of you guys getting into the big cod stuff is he was running a standard reel um, with just a four or five kilo drag and there's nothing wrong with the reel like the reel's a $300 reel but it's not a the, the, the technical term isn't swim bait reel, but it's those larger, you know, those larger size reels um, yeah. rather than running like a 150. And it's very hard to know what number some of them are. All the bait casters, no universal sizing like spins, but they say 150 and 200 are your sizes and your 150 is more your standard size, your 200, your larger. But then on some brands and some models, they got completely different numbers. But the, for example, a couple of the reels that I use, the, the Revo Beast, is it's got a 20 kilo, I think it's 20 kilo or 14 kilo drag. It's got a really, really heavy drag. And it's not necessarily that you need that much drag. It's more the responsive part of the drag at a high end. So, you know, if your old reels, not old reels, but the reels we used to use and said just the standard reels that I'd use on a river and things like that, is you know how you click them up and the, the drag's coming off, coming off, and then like you do two more clicks and it's like locked? Yeah, yep, yep. And Or real jumpy? Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's... That's what those reels do. Whereas the, for example, the reel that I'm using, it's got 20 kilos of drag. You can keep clicking it up, and it's it's very smooth. Even on a very very hard drag, it still comes off, but it's really quick to react and it's smooth. And this is a scenario where a good quality reel with a smooth drag and a quick responsive drag helps because this fish grabbed his lure, he struck, and it actually buried the line through the braid through on the his braid. spool. Oh. Yeah, so that bit of braid that's coming off the spool and through 
the little eyelet on the front of your reel, that section there, it buried straight into the guts of his reel, like buried in and then because the drag didn't react quick enough and then it just popped. And, popped. and get a- this, we watched it. <laughs> I watched it pop and within a second, the fish shook its head, the lure fell out, sunk oh. to the bottom and he took off. <laughs> oh, that hurts. Yep, because he oh. was like, when I showed him the the footage back, he's like, don't tell me I didn't strike hard enough. I said, nah, it would have come off because of so much pressure. So, and yeah. Then, and he would have been able to just throw it. He would have landed it. Oh, maybe not. Could have fallen out. Could have got him in bone. But yeah. So luckily, the fish threw the hooks. So hooks, yeah. Stuck in him. But um, he took off quick. He covered from the boat five meters to about 20 meters in about a second. Like yeah, he was good fish. quick. Yeah. Oh, right there. They hurt. That hurts when that happens. He, and then Ryan turned to me and he goes, you know what sucks is back in the day, I could have been like, oh, yeah, he was all right, maybe 98, not 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 real big. But now when I look at it and go, yeah, it was like 121, <laughs> yeah. 22, 23. Yeah, you know how um, big, exactly how big he was. Yeah, he's like, yeah, that hurts. Mm, so, yeah, especially when that size, yeah, they're, sort of, yeah, they're pretty hard to come by. Yeah, yeah. So it's an interesting thing. And also touching on that, one thing that the live thing does help with is we fish a bank in blaring all the time and I talk about it in the membership and I put the same bank up over and over again in my reports. We fish that bank all the time and I actually got a big one off it three weeks ago and then I went back there with my mate and, and that three weeks ago when I did get that fish, there was another eight big ones on it or more. Went back there with my mate and we covered that entire bank and did not see a single fish, did not see any bait or any little stuff it was just a clean screen and nothing it's and nothing. we spent and yep we spent an hour on it and then we went nah this is not right and i made a decision on where to go and i started searching another bank search and not far from it searched for a bit and then all of a sudden found one found another one we spent the next two hours in a 50 meter pocket and there would have been 15 plus meters yeah, in wow. that hour and a half like no longer did we give up on one because it wouldn't chew we'd scan over and go there's one there there's one there, there. and there was bait everywhere so, so they, they just, just ch- move move yeah just you just chase that sort of that bait yeah, and as to the reason they do that, I wish we could work out their patterns, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know because the patterns we need to work out are the patterns of the bait. Like why does the bait move? And if we can work out yeah. why it moves, then well, that, we can work out where the cod are going to be. Well, that's right. I see, like, yeah, most of, you know, every time we've sort of caught a cod, it's, it's always, you know, that, that bait's not far and that, that bait's flickering, all those carp are moving through. So, yeah, I'm exactly. definitely spot on with that. So I don't know what, make, like, the spot that I normally fish is more of a sort of a bank with a couple of points, but it's sort of not a completely outer-facing bank, but it's not a bay, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this night, it was a super high pressure after having a week of lows and the dam had just started to drop again. So whether that uh, that activity brought the fish out up and the, the movement in the lake brought all the bait to the point because these fish were all on a point, like one single point. Yeah. Um, and it was a very outer point, like very exposed one. So whether a mixture of the wind and the high pressure and the movement, I don't know. And that's, yeah, I, I know the cod were there for the food and the food was not in that other spot, but what makes the food move is a move. question that yeah, yeah, it's... we'd all love to know. <laughs> yeah, it's always, you always think you sort of, when you start catching it for you, you think you start to sort of working out and then, yeah, put straight back in square one again. Yeah. Like, it's just, yep. oh, come on, like, yeah. It's part of the challenge. I think it is, yeah, that's right. Like, that's why I think there's everyone it gets drawn to people wanting to catch him because they're, you know, they're such a, you know, unique fish. Yeah, that's it. Mate, thanks for the chat. 
Um, no really appreciate it. It's um, it's good to have you on and good to have a chat with you, especially because um, I've sort of seen where you started with that first COD yeah, um, yeah. and where you've got to now and I reckon just the amount. Like, and it helps because you've done so much fishing to get to where you are now, would yeah, you say? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, like I, said I've sort of, I sort of always had a rod in my hand since a little one. So I think it's, yep. yeah, just, I think it's yeah, just got ch- that transition to that empowerment. It's just, you know, a different sort of a different challenge and um. So the other thing that helped is, you know, time on the water. You just, you can't beat time on the water. Exactly right. So, so you, mix, you mix that with a bit of bit of knowledge from others, like you said, yep, where you learn yep. from Roman. Obviously, you've picked up plenty from the membership, the podcast, talking to other people, social media. Definitely, yeah, definitely. It's just, yeah, you sort of um, try and take in as much as you sort of can, I reckon, because, yeah, everyone sort of, you look at everyone, everyone fishes a little bit different. There's always different, you know, theories and so... I think you can learn sort of from a lot of people. Yeah. Perfect, mate. Now, one more thing, and I touched on this in the intro, guys. I'm going to be joined by Tyson in a live Q&A on Thursday night. So, if you're listening to this before... Well, if you're listening to this podcast as it's come out, so it's coming out today, which is the day we're recording this, um, Sunday the 20th, we have a live Q&A on the 24th of March. So if you are listening to this podcast within a few days of it coming out and you want to have a chance to shoot through some questions for Tyson, we're going to be talking about uh, the technique that you used on that gorge country. Um, yep. We're going to run through the technique that you used there in some of our demonstration graphics and how you fished that water and how you applied and fished it more thoroughly than what we touched on here. So we're going to run through the technique for that. Plus, you guys can shoot through any questions. So it should be a good night, mate. And yeah, I'm, I'm keen, keen for that. Yeah, I'm keen. Yeah, it'd be good. I'm good to have a chat to the few other members and all that. So. Mm. Yeah, so if you're a member, make sure you jump on. And if you're not, you guys can become a member. All you have to do is head to socialfishing.com.au, jump on the membership, or I'll leave a link to it down below in the description if you're listening to this on a podcast app or on our website. So, yeah, once again, mate, thanks for that. No, um, thanks, when's your next mate. trip? Um, I don't know. I might. I was thinking about going out this Arvo back out to Gugong for just a couple, like a bit of a sesh with the kids. So I thought you told the missus it was day off fishing. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't think she doesn't hear that. <laughs> Lucky she's cruisy as. Yeah. So how far, how long does it take you to have the boat on at Gugong? Oh, five minutes. I'll be at the dam, sort of the, um, um, the dam, the boat ramp. Yeah. So it takes so, you five minutes to grab everything, jump in the yeah. car and then five yeah. minutes to be there. The boat's pretty well. I would generally, there's a, there's a rod in my car or the boat's, the boat's always ready sort of to go. So yeah. Well, um, yeah. I might just, yeah, we found heaps of redfin there the other day. So might just, they love it. So. They do, yeah. They love it. So the, um, especially the older one, she, yeah, she's, um, she's pretty keen now, which is, which is exactly what I sort of wanted. So that's cool. So I if you said to her, we're going to go out and chase Reddies yeah. or Savo, she'd be like, let's go. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, she's. They'll, they'll actually like when um, we'll catch them the other day. They'll they'll just fighting constantly. Like I want to be the last one to catch it. I was like, you, you, we, we caught like forty, like they just. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just it's just awesome watching them like. Because I just remember those times when I, you know, I first started catching those fish on lures. Like I was just over the moon. Like then, you know, looking at them, they're they're, they're the same now. So that's awesome. I'm sort of glad How old? Could, um, seven and four. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, getting a good age, seven. Yeah, yeah. Seven. She's good. Like I can, I can pretty confidently let her cast. But you know, the little one, she's like, "Oh, give me! I want to do it by myself." And uh, just yeah, just. You know, I got ZX forties flying past my face. And just, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, those hooks are sticky as. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, I just I, I love it. I just I just sit back and just you know film them and 
it's yeah because I, I remember when I was like you know when I was doing that so was, yeah I'm, I'm glad I can sort of give him that his experiences yeah passing on the experience mate yeah even like oh funny because I, t- I took the um older one to Burren Junk oh it would have been maybe six to eight weeks ago and she's like oh, oh okay, I'm gonna do a cod so I'm gonna get up early in the morning she's like no I want to come yeah. So I was like, righto, righto. So I got up at four thirty in the morning, and she sort of, she jumped in the boat, and she's just laying there like tired. And um, I, I put the blanket over because she was a bit cold. But yeah, she she stuck it out. And we went for a fish, and I ended up catching her like you know one just I was just under a meter. But nice. She, but I remember her just standing up with a head torch, and she's just like, whoa, dad, that's so big. <laughs> and you know, that's like, sick. yeah, and I'm like, take a photo, and I made her take a photo and all that for me. So like, yeah, it's just. Hopefully she she should should remember that one for you know for a bit a bit of time I reckon because yeah just watching her face like dad that's massive so she 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 enjoyed the trip and like the experience to see a big fish like she yeah yeah cool. she thought it was awesome like, yeah she just yeah she didn't win like she was she got up early and yeah but um she slept most of the time on the way home but yeah like he was yeah she no yeah she she loves it how good. The fun, mate. The fun. Yeah. The the fun that's oh, it's almost you know we talk about all these experiences with the big fish and all that, but the real memories, you know, the strong ones are those real tiny ones, like you said, going out for the arvo with the girls yeah, on yeah. the lake. Yeah, no, that's that's hundred percent. That's sort of where where I'm sort of at now. Like I'm sort of gonna yeah try and involve them a lot more. So yeah, now they're at that age. Yeah, that's awesome. Right, mate. Awesome. Well, you enjoy the rest of the day, yeah, and good on you. whether you get out for that sneaky fish or not. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, mate. No, thanks heaps for having me on. I really, um, yeah, it was um, really good to do. Yeah, not too easy, and hopefully, I like to get people back on again in in down the track too. So we might have another chat and see where we're at in twelve to eighteen months, and yeah, man, see what's changed and see where the world's changed and what's happened with fishing. And um, yeah, I'll see you Thursday night. Yeah, good on you. Thanks heaps, Reese. Thanks, Toss. Cheers, bud. And there you have episode 62 with Tyson. And as always, when I start these, when I get, uh, when I call the person that I'm getting on to have a chat with them, they're like, oh, what questions are you going to shoot through? And I'm like, mate, I really don't know. We're just going to go wherever it goes. And I much prefer it when it's like that because it just flows. And again, another really good episode based on that principle of just letting the conversation go wherever it went. Now, I hope you enjoyed that. I like the fact we touch on the urban stuff, something we haven't talked about before. Um, Tyson's learning journey, he was a really good subject to have because it's only in the last three years he has grown so much in three years and it was great to get his perspective on And it's even better because he is one of our SF members. He's a great bloke. Um, I've had a fair bit to do with him over the last couple of years inside our membership. Um, And it was really good to actually chat with him and get to know a little bit more about his background and how it all started because I didn't even know that myself. So if you guys have any questions off the back of that, if you have questions for me or for Tyson, remember we are going live on Thursday night. So 24th, Thursday the 24th at 7.45 p.m. You can find all the details inside the SF membership. And if you are a member, you'll be receiving an email in the next couple of days about that. So guys, that is it. Remember, there are another 61 podcast episodes you can go back over and check out. Earlier on, I touched on the Freshwater Mini Series. So make sure you guys go check that one out if you're 
new or you're getting into the freshwater scene and if you haven't seen it already, I know a lot of you guys have already watched that, but go have a look at that. That is an awesome little thing and a little bit of information or a little bit of um, something that I've been working on of late, which is coming out very soon. It is actually available for members currently, but it will be available soon uh, for everyone is a sounder series. So we're working on a sounder series where it runs through sonar, down scan and side scan, the fundamentals, how that all works. Um, as to when it's coming out, I'm not too sure, but I thought I'd just give you a little bit of info, insider info into that, which is coming out soon. So stay tuned for that. I'll mention it in a couple of podcasts coming up when it is released. But if you remember um, and you haven't jumped in for a, a week or so, make sure you jump in and check out that Sounder series. So guys, that is it from me. Once again, thanks for tuning in. It's always good to touch base and have a chat. We're coming into that time of year. Uh, where are we? We're at the end of March. This is my favorite part of the year. If you are a member, you'll be, and if you've been listening to my weekly videos, I've been talking and touching on the time of year and what we're coming up to. It's the prime time, it's autumn time, and fingers crossed our rivers stay or start to drop and get a little bit lower and a little bit clearer, and we should be on for big cod time. I love spending the April and May period on our river systems, and that's where you'll find me for the next little bit. We're also doing a fair bit of mapping over the next uh, month or so. I'm doing a couple of trips down the Murray River to map. Um, we have part of the Goulburn River in Victoria going up on the SF maps. We also have uh, the section we already loaded, which is Yarrawonga to Alupna Islands on the Murray. We're also looking at doing Hume, below Hume through to Albury, all the way through to Mawela, um, also the Upper Murray. And this in April, for the two trips that I'm doing, I'm looking at mapping Barmer State Forest and hopefully down to Turumbury Weir near Echuca on the Murray. So we've got plenty of lakes in the SF maps and that is our plan for the April period is to start putting together some river systems. I'd ideally like to get the Murrumbidgee River as well this winter if I can or parts of it if it happens to drop. The Lachlan River is one that's on my radar for the next 12 months, fingers crossed. Also the Macquarie, which runs through uh, the Bathurst region, sort of central New South Wales region. The Macquarie is a very popular river, which I would love to map as well. So we're starting to grow the SF maps, as you would know if you're a member and you're in there checking them out. But our rivers will start to grow, and I'm really excited to start exploring all those waterways. And basically, if you guys don't know what it involves, is for the rivers, we basically go along, drive along, and find all the public access reserves. It's basically like those books that you could use to buy on individual rivers, but this here, you're going to get access on rivers and impoundments. We've done 11, 12 impoundments so far, and they actually give you fishing, key fishing spots as well um, as the access points. But the, the fact is this, you get them all on your phone or on your computer, and there is thousands of photos, really high-quality photos that you can bring up, even videos on a lot of these spots so you can get a great detailed look at the lakes, also all your access points on the lakes and the rivers, which we're doing, um, we're starting to do more of now, is all the access points with plenty of photos and ratings on boat ramps and camping and things like that. So that's our plan and that's what I spend a lot of my time on the road doing. Not a whole heap of fishing, for example, this next trip coming up, I'm doing four or five days mapping and we might sneak in two days of fishing while we're down on the Murray. So we'll see how we go. Um, if you guys want to follow along for those trips and journeys, make sure you jump on uh, social media and follow us on Instagram at Social Fishing and follow on our stories while we are down there. I'll be posting plenty from those trips away. Right, guys, um, that's it from me, the little chat. And like I said, it's the perfect time here to get out and chase 
those river fish now that it is autumn. And if you do want to follow along with more details about the styles of fishing and that that we do every week as we roll through autumn, that's what I touch on in my weekly video. The little bit that I've just talked about now, the last five minutes of this podcast, um, I kind of do a well, I do a twenty minute video every single week inside the membership, running through the barometer and the weather for the week ahead, and also my prediction on the fishing and what you should do based on that weather, whether it's worth fishing this time of year, what styles and techniques you should be using, what species or waterways you should be chasing. And I do that every single week. So it doesn't matter if you're going fishing once or twice a year um, and you really want to know if that's going to be a good week coming up, you can jump on and you'll know there'll be a weekly video going up that week about that week. So that's it, guys. Um, Good luck to anyone getting out over the next little bit and I'll be talking to you soon. We have a couple of exciting podcast episodes coming up, one that's very unique, which should be in the next month, fingers crossed. But I'll be on the road a fair bit. I will try and get another podcast episode up in two weeks' time. And that's it for me. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. I'll be talking to you soon. My name is Reese Creed and you've been listening to The Social Fishing Podcast. 